friends, Pastor Trevor back with you again as we continue the Parables of Jesus series. Uh, I'm really excited to get into this, so if you want to turn or tap with me to Matthew chapter 18, that's where we're going to begin. Uh, I just want to open in prayer today uh, and invite you to join us in the fellowship of reading of Scripture. Lord God, I just pray that you would be with us today, that we would hear your words, Lord God, that we would in, be inspired to be more like you in every single way. Lord God, thank you for today. Thank you for one more opportunity to preach your word. And Lord God, I just pray that we would be convicted by the scripture today. In your name we pray. Amen. Friends, today we are jumping into Matthew chapter 18, talking about grace. Talking about this beautiful grace. It's hard, right? We, we like grace when it's given to us. We like grace when we mess up, but giving grace is hard. And that's what makes it beautiful. That's what makes grace amazing. Is that it's this, it's this thing that is impossible to understand in some ways and in other ways it, it makes the most sense, right? Grace itself is beautiful. So let's jump right into the scripture together, okay? Matthew chapter 18, starting at verse 21, is where we'll be. And this is the parable of the unmerciful servant, or the parable of the unforgiven debtor. So read with me, if you will. It starts here at verse 21. Then Peter came to him, him being Jesus, and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? <laughs> no. Not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven times. And he continues into verse 23 here with this parable. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decides to bring, to, that decides to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. Some of it, some verses say that, that he owed 10,000 bags of gold or 10,000 um, 10, coins. It, it's an incredible amount of money. And so he couldn't pay it. So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife and his children and everything he owed to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and released him, and forgave him of this debt. But when the man left, the king went to but when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him money, a few thousand dollars, and grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for more time. Be patient for with me and I will pay it, he says. But his, but his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested. He had him put into prison until his debt could be paid off in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called that man forward that he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you of a tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I have had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until his debt had entirely been paid. That is what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to give 
to forgive your brothers and sisters from your hearts. There's a lot to unpack here, friends. There's a lot from the beauty of, of forgiveness to the, the, the frustration of a master who watches his own not do as he has been given. So, so let's break this down. First and foremost, Peter comes with this question to Jesus. And this is one of the, the few times here that Jesus gives an answer, right? So often Jesus either replies with the question or leaves it up for interpretation or tells a parable. But in this case, Jesus gives Peter a very straightforward answer. And I, and I, I find it funny because within the straightforward answer that Jesus gives, it, it's almost an impossible task, right? Or at least as we kind of break this down, Peter answers with the question, if someone uh, sins against me, how many times should I forgive them? Seven. And he provides this, this singular number, seven times. So, you know, and that's easy because I can keep track of my fingers how many times I've forgiven someone, right? And Jesus replies, and some translations say 77 times, but, but I really like the translation that says 70 times seven. But first and foremost, I'm not good at math right? <laughs> I don't know if you're good at math. I don't know if the disciples were good at math, but Jesus is giving, giving an equation, right? To, to answer the question. He's saying it's not just seven times, but it's 70 times seven, right? And so if, if we do the math, let's just stop for a minute and we break it down. 70 times seven is 490 times. So Jesus is, is giving an answer to his question. Peter says, if I, if I want to forgive someone, how many times do I have to forgive them before? I, and really the question here is, before I no longer have to offer forgiveness. That's the root of the question. It's not how much do I need to forgive Jesus, but it's how much do I have to forgive until I don't have to forgive. Can you imagine? Can you just imagine, put yourself into the shoes of the sinner? And honestly, it's easy because we're all sinners, right? But... What if there was a limit, a limit to how much Jesus would forgive you? You can only sin this sin seven times before Jesus stops forgiving you, right? You can only do this so many times before Jesus stops. And yes, here we go. Jesus gives a hard and fast number, right? 490 times. But I, I don't believe that it's Jesus saying, once someone reaches 491 times of being forgiven, they're no longer forgiven. I don't think that Jesus is saying, Peter, I want you to keep a tally for your brothers or sisters who sin against you. And once they reach that limit, they can be let go of. He's putting a large number, a large figure, 70 times 70 here, 70 times 7, to, to, to prove a point that you should continue to forgive. And if you're the one who truly is keeping tallies of the forgiveness that you are giving, are you truly forgiving them? Because the beauty of grace, the beauty of this forgiveness that is given to you for free, is that once we are forgiven, the debt is erased. It's forgotten. There's no longer a tally being marked until the 491st time. It's gone. And so then Jesus moves into this parable. He continues into this unimaginable forgiveness. You know, like I was saying, some, some, some of this is, is talking about 
this 10,000 bags of gold or these 10,000 talents. Uh, in this translation here in the New Living, it talks about a million dollars, right? This crazy amount of money. And honestly, as we look at Jesus' context in time, Jesus is telling the, the crowd, his disciples, that this man's debt is enough money to cover 20 years of wages. A lifetime, truly. 20 years of wages have been given to this man. And once the king comes to collect, it's an impossible, unsurmountable debt. I don't know how much money that you are in debt, but between my wife and I's student loans, the, the car payment, the house, we've got a lot of debt. But we don't have 20 years of wages worth of debt. And rightfully so, the king has every right to, to throw this man into bondage, to throw this man into slavery, to take everything that he owes to pay back the debt that he couldn't pay. But grace, grace wins. The king sees his begging and takes pity on him and says, the entire debt is forgiven. Go, be in peace. You are forgiven. This unsurmountable, this lifetime of debt is gone immediately. There is no stipulation. There is no signing the dotted line saying that I'm going to be a good follower for the rest of my life. It is simply, I take pity on you. I see that you are begging for mercy and forgiveness, that honestly you're almost asking for repentance here for what you have taken from me, an insurmountable lifetime's amount of worth of debt. And I forgive you of it. Now some people might think, well, who's going to pay for it? Well, the king, so we're not worried about it. But honestly, like, who's going to pay for this debt? Because the king obviously has money, but he's been loaning money to so many people that who is going to repay this debt? Friends, I, I don't want you to get caught up on that. This idea of who owes it. Because the king has the power to forgive it, regardless of how much it is. We continue in the story, and sadly, this forgiven, sadly, this forgiven man is a man and does what, what we might have done in our past. Maybe we can relate to the forgiven man who's been given grace. Have you ever have you ever lived your life and, and found yourself in a moment where you, you you needed grace? You didn't deserve it, but but you needed forgiveness or you needed to be let off the hook. Then thankfully someone did. Someone gave you grace. You've been let off the hook. You no longer owe the debt in which you have occurred, you know, accrued. And this man he goes forward to one of his fellow slaves, one of his fellow brothers, who is in the same boat that he is. And, and this man, who was an insurmountable debt, who is now freed from it, has lent this person like 1% of what he owed. I mean, truly, that's where it is. We, we see that this man has only taken 1% of what the unmerciful servant took. And yet he wrings his, his hands around his throat and says, Give me my money! I need it all and I need it now. Because I have other things that I'm going to do. And honestly, this guy's probably established bad habits, right? 
He's living a lavish lifestyle that he, he, he's not able to afford to live. Maybe he's, he's gambling this money away, and so he's, he's continuing to, to have this habit where he spends the money and it's, it's bad. Uh, maybe th there's all different types of reasonings, and, and we're not going to go into what it was, but the reality is the man was now forgiven from a lifetime's worth of debt, and 1% and of that was worth him strangling the man and fighting tooth and nail for it. And then the man is like, give me pity, give me just a little bit more time, please. I, I just need a little bit. And even though he literally just walked from the king's castle, is how I see this. He, he walks down the road feeling so good. I am debt free. I can't wait to tell my wife. I can't wait to, to live this life. I can't wait to go with my kids and, and just be free without having the anxiety or the stress of this debt on my shoulders any longer. And as he's smiling and looking, he sees the guy and he's walking by and he goes, that, that dude owes me money. And what I could do is I could take the money and I could buy dinner tonight. We could, we could eat out. We could have my favorite restaurant. We can celebrate. But I need that money. And so I'm going to, he starts getting frustrated and starts to boil up. That man has, it's been months. Like I gave that, I gave that guy a hundred bucks months ago. I need that money. And so he goes to the man and he, he said, give me my money. And he's startled, taken aback. I don't know what you're talking about first because it's been so long. And then he puts his hands around the guy's throat. He says, give me my money. I need it now. And then it hits him. Oh, yeah, I forgot. This is uh, my neighbor a couple doors down. And he lent me a couple hundred bucks to, to pay off the debt that I had because I had my AC unit go out and I just couldn't afford it. Okay, please, sir, just give me a few more minutes here. Please, anything. I can take care of it. I'll pay you by the end of the week. No, I need it now. And so not only does he does he say that he needs it now and continues to, to, to hurt this man, he then calls the guards over. You guards, this man's re refusing to pay me. He didn't pay me. He's held this money for so long. And they take him and they throw him into prison. And then the rest of the neighborhood watched. And the rest of that week, the man talked about how the king forgave him. Friends, come on over. I've got I've got brisket on the smoker. I've got drinks in the cooler. Come on over, have some fun. I got to tell you a story. And the friends are over and they're celebrating. You wouldn't believe it, but I I owed so much money to the king. I owed I owed so much money. And in fact, it was my entire life's worth is what I owed him. And guess what? The king forgave me. Friends, we're celebrating today because the king forgave me. And the friends they're like, yeah. But didn't you? Didn't you just choke out John across the street and now he's sitting in a prison cell for like 1% of that? And so then they go forward to the king and they say, King, this man who you forgave, you won't believe what he did. He, he, he strangled one of our friends. He, he threw him into prison because he owed him just, just a couple hundred bucks. And rightfully so. Justifiably, the king is enraged and brings him forward and calls him on the carpet. Let's just reread it. Starting at verse 32. Then the king called the man that he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you. I forgave you of that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? <sighs> Friends, this isn't just about money. This isn't just about what we have or don't have, friends. This is, this is our life. 
Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven, that truly it is just as simple to turn to Christ and to say, please forgive me of what I have done wrong. And he will. He will have mercy on you. He will have grace that flows upon you. And Jesus is asking us to, to walk with him in this life, to, once to, to, to ask for repentance, to know that once it is asked for, it'll be given. And once it is given, to start walking on this life. And when you come upon people, when you come upon people who deserve everything but grace, who deserve prison, who deserve to owe you, who deserve all of the horrible, awful things of this world, Christ is asking us to extend the same grace he gave to us to others, to forgive them of their unsurmountable debts. So friends, might we go forward and love people like Christ loves us, forgive people like Christ forgave, us and give grace to those who don't deserve it because do any of us deserve grace i hope you know the answer to that question and i hope as we wrap up our time that you go forward and extend that grace to others as christ has already extended it to you might we not be the unmerciful debtor, the unmerciful servant in the story. Might we go forward and love this world like Jesus loves us. To go back now to a question that I posed earlier, who paid it? When the king forgave the debt, who paid it? When we look at our lives, when we look at where we are and what we've done, friends, the debt that is impossible to pay. Jesus paid it. He died on a cross for you and for me. The ultimate sacrifice to fulfill all of the debt so that we might, we might find forgiveness and grace through him and him alone. And so friends, go forward today, tomorrow, this week, and give grace to those who don't deserve it because Christ has called us to love and to give grace to the world. Join with me in prayer. Lord God, I pray that you would inspire us to give grace to our neighbors. God, that you would inspire us to give grace to our enemies, that you would move us forward in this world, that we would love the people on earth as you have loved us. Lord God, we are so thankful for this grace that you give us today that we can simply say that I am sorry, I need forgiveness, and it is extended to us without question, without hesitation, without having to sign some contract, but because you love us. And Lord God, just be with us today. And though it's going to be difficult to change and to, to try this new thing, God, I pray that we would have, have an a burning inside of us to give grace to those who have hurt us, who have done us wrong, and who owe us something. That they would be forgiven. And that when they ask why, that it be because of you, Christ Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.
Friends, it's been great to be with you. I hope that you have a great week. Go forward, love, and give grace.